What a great weekend for Jesus Revolution Kingdom Story Company. Brandon Gregory, our great guest. We were ahead of the curve. The movie caught everybody else by surprise. We're posting an interview with the president of the company. Well, I have the final numbers from the weekend, Mike. We're doing this on a Monday afternoon. So instead of dealing with estimates, let me run down the top three for the weekend of February 24th through the 26th. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania came in with $31.965 million for the weekend. Cocaine Bear, another great weekend success story, $23.261 million. And Jesus Revolution, fifteen point eight. Million dollars landing in the third spot. Cocaine Bear and Jesus Revolution both overperforming, don't you think, Mike? Uh, yeah, in a big way. I think most pre-release projections on Cocaine Bear had it coming in around 21. And I know on Jesus Revolution, they had that 7 to $8 million. So Jesus Revolution actually doubled or more than doubled its projected box office. And went back and looked at another Kingdom Story Company film, I Can Only Imagine, from 2018. That movie opened up to around $16 million, had some great legs, got to over $80 million. So based on past performance, I would say that we haven't heard the last of uh, Jesus Revolution yet. I'm sure we haven't. And notably, the director had the distinction, John Irwin, of having four A-plus scores on CinemaScore? That is correct. So Harold Mintz, who is the president of CinemaScore, is an old college buddy of mine. And we were texting over the weekend. And sure enough, going back to 1986, over 4,100 films that have been polled, only one filmmaker has four A-plus CinemaScores now. And that belongs to the one and only John Irwin. Paul, you know, I happen to know John a little bit. He is one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to run into. Saw him at the premiere for Jesus Revolution, and he actually came to me and said, thank you so much. Really appreciate all the work you're doing. You don't get that very often from talent along those lines. It couldn't happen to a better guy is what it comes down to. That's great. And it's also great for Lionsgate because they're on a bit of a roll right now with plain now Jesus Revolution, you've got John Wick coming up, and also Operation Fortune uh, this coming weekend. Also Creed Three is opening. We'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, just great success story, and I think really notable because here you have a marketplace that has Ant-Man and the Wasp in the top spot, second weekend in a row, drops 70%, and that second week, and we'll talk about that a little later, but to have movies as diverse as Cocaine Bear which I saw last week, and I thought it was great, but people are mixed on it. It's not for everybody. But Cocaine Bear and Jesus Revolution could not be more different, Mike. I mean, these are two completely different sides of the cinematic spectrum, yet they both found an audience, both overperformed, were both successful, and I think that's great news for the industry. And both those films are not known IP. You don't have to necessarily dig in and go research the backstory on Cocaine Bear, even though it is based on a, on a true story. So our guest from last week, Brandon Gregory, came up with a really interesting over the weekend, just as we're kind of marveling at the success of both of the films, and you and I were texting over the weekend as well. He made a very astute observation, and that is, both of those films, Jesus Revolution and Cocaine Bear, their titles told you exactly what they were. Yeah. 
cocaine bear was a bear on cocaine. <laughs> and the Jesus revolution was about the Christianity revolution that happened that spawned out of the hippie movement and the drug culture. So they wore it on their sleeves, what they were. And it was interesting that you had something really for everyone this weekend. And it was a good old fashioned, as I like to call it, counter programming extravaganza. It really was. We had Ant-Man and the Wasp that went to the masses. You had Jesus Revolution for the faith-based audience. And then you had Cocaine Bear, which was an R-rated action comedy that was just over the top. So again, the marketplace was able to support three different films at a significant level. And again, to your point, that's something that is really, I think, important for the industry as the industry continues to rebound from you know the unprecedented difficulties that we've experienced. But it's good to see multiple films performing well. And I hope it is a lesson to the industry that you can take a risk on something like Cocaine Bear, which again, isn't part of a superhero universe, isn't, you have to do a lot of research, you just go, it's all there in the title. 95 minutes, by the way, Mike, and I have run into more people when they hear 90 or 95 minutes for a movie are like, hallelujah. And I like long movies if they're good, right? But it's funny how this kind of lean and mean storytelling the cocaine bear. And honestly, I don't know if I could have handled another half hour of cocaine bear. <laughs> I mean, 95 minutes, like you go in there, you see a few trailers, you see the movie, you come out, you watch the credits roll and you're in and out of the theater in like two hours, man. It's a lean, mean experience. And it's really fun. And in my theater, I went Thursday to my local theater to see it Thursday night and like the preview, you know, the Thursday night previews and the theater was pretty full and people were having a blast. They were talking through the movie. There's shocking moments and I'm not going to give anything away, but there's shocking moments in the movie, obviously. And just the whole premise of the movie is sort of like a double take, like really cocaine bear. And there was an article last week and I was quoted in there just saying, this is great. It's fun. It's short movie, blah, blah, blah. And then some public health officials saying this is the worst thing to ever happen to our society, kind of glorifying this and there's kids in the movie and all that stuff. I'm not here to editorialize on that. I know you're not, but I'm just saying like, it was just a fun 95 minutes, you go to the movie, and really tailor-made for the movie theater. Elizabeth Banks, who's a terrific actor, directed the film. It's a great cast, and it's just a lot of fun. Why not? By the way, nobody's forcing anyone to go see a movie. You could choose Jesus Revolution, or you can choose Cocaine Bear, or Ant-Man, or Otto, or any of these other movies. It's really up to you. That's the beauty of it. But I like the idea of just being able to go in and have fun, and you don't have to do a lot of research on the IP. Just go in. And the brand of Kingdom Story Company is there. And obviously, there's a brand of horror or action or R-rated edginess that's part of the Cocaine Bear vision or story. And so you choose. You get to choose as the moviegoer. Well, here's what tells you that it was a strong weekend for the new openers. And that is, on both Jesus Revolution and Cocaine Bear, the numbers kept going up every day. So when we looked at it Friday afternoon, you know, at that point, Jesus Revolution looked like maybe it was going to be 15 for the weekend. Cocaine Bear looked like maybe 22. As we got into the evening, it looked like, okay, Jesus is going to be over 15. Then you look at Cocaine Bear, looks like maybe they'll get to 22 and a half. And by the time you end the weekend is you just read off the numbers. They all just kept increasing as the weekend went on, which is, again, a great sign for the industry as a whole. 
that there can be this diversification of audiences and there's something out there for everyone. I think we should touch on Ant-Man and the Wasp yeah, because it's a tale of probably two different stories, so to speak. And story number one is what a great job Disney did of getting that movie open. Pre-release expectations had that thing 120 or so for four days, and that was the high end. And I think you and I discussed that if it hit those numbers that was really a big success. And at the end of the day, it was over 120, what was it, 124, almost 125 million for four. Yeah, for the four days, for the three day, it was 106.1 million was the final domestic opening weekend number. And it was a significant increase over the last installment of the film. So when you look at that, from that standpoint, you're like, wow, what a great job they did. Now, at that point, it all kind of goes into the hands of the movie gods, as we like to say. And the movie received a B cinema score, which is the lowest grade ever for something in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yep. The drop this week was much more aggressive, I guess. I just ran the numbers, and it's the biggest second weekend drop for any MCU film of the 31 films that have been released, obviously, you know this as well as anyone, that the second weekend drop at 69.88% is coming off of a holiday weekend. Now, I'm not going to make up dog ate my homework excuses here, but Mike, when a movie opens over President's Weekend, your Sunday is generally a little bigger than normal. So I think the second weekend drop, just on the face of it, is the most severe for any MCU film. And you have to look at the math, look how the opening weekend played because of the holiday. But again, not making excuses was just explaining that may be why it pushed it maybe a percentage point or so, you know? Yeah, there are probably a lot of reasons as to why the movie had the drop that it did. It's disappointing any way you look at it. I'm going to go back and kind of focus a little on the positive, and I think Disney did a great job getting the movie open. Clearly, it doesn't have the legs that some of the other Marvel titles have. Interestingly, though, it is not the worst drop ever for something to carry a Marvel logo. That distinction belongs to X-Men Dark Phoenix, which took like, what was it, a 70.2% nosedive in week two. <laughs> yeah, and you're right. When I say the biggest drop, that's for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This would be the biggest drop of your right with the Marvel yep. brand, I guess. It's a great one. And I actually looked up a bunch of films. I don't need to go into it. I don't want to pick on these films particularly, but if you go and look at films that opened to over $100 million, Often, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Now, it depends on the movie, depends on when they open, what time of year, you know, all those caveats. But at, at the end of the day, there has been a movie that dropped bigger that opened to over $100 million on the list. I might name it. I might not. But No, it, go, you got to name it now. I mean, it owns it. It's got to own it. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Really? I had like a 72% second weekend drop. And I'm talking about for films opening to over a hundred million domestically that showed the biggest drop. And I'm going to dig up the exact number. You know, what's interesting about those kind of movies though, is especially when you get to the capping of the saga, you know, that Thursday number is enormous. Yes. And if you back out the Thursday number, you kind of start to see where it really lies. Looking at Ant-Man, when you look back on the Thursday, Paul, it was $17.5 million on top of the holiday weekend. So if you want to you know, sit there and try to massage it a little bit, you can't. Look, bottom line is it was down 70%, more than anybody would have probably liked. 
at the same time, you know, still pulled in almost $33 million for this weekend. And when you add it in with all the new openers, we're looking at about, what is it, close to $95 million in total box office for the weekend, which is more than 50% above where we are last year. And almost right around 10% off of 2020, which was the last kind of normal weekend, I guess, pre-pandemic. So a very solid weekend at the box office is what it comes down to. It was. And one quick thing about Ant-Man, you know, the movie's up to almost $365 million worldwide. I mean, I <laughs> feel sorry for that movie. I mean, the global numbers are big. I mean, look, Phase 4 has taken a lot of heat from fans. This is just the beginning now of Phase 5. They got a long ways to go. They're setting up Kang the Conqueror to be a big part of the MCU, really heavily introduced in, in, or highlighted in Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania. Marvel has set the bar so high, almost $29 billion unadjusted globally across 31 films of the MCU. I mean, that's pretty darn impressive, but it also puts a spotlight on these films. You have a fan base that will not let these things go. If they don't like your phase four, whatever phase you're in, or the way that these stories are being brought to the big screen and the small screen, by the way, with all the various shows on Disney Plus for Marvel, they're operating a level where you can't hide, and nor are they trying to, but the spotlight is on, the pressure is on. That just goes along with being that successful. But I think the best news for Marvel and Disney is that this is a brand that people love and they care about it. But that care and the interest that these fans have in it, you're going to hold your feet to the fire. If they don't like something, they're going to tell you. And nobody wants a 70% or even whatever, 65% drop, whatever, if you're in this 60% plus. But with movies that open that big, generally, unless it's a juggernaut, a film that had just taken the world by storm, you know, look at Avatar, The Way of Water, for example, just continuing to play and play and play. But you're right, Mike, you make a good point. When you look at the comparisons to last year and certainly the year before, it's looking really good. And I think we're going to have a lot of really cool stuff to talk about moving forward. A lot of cool movies on the horizon. But the coolest thing for me was that Cocaine Bear wasn't really on my radar as a film that you and I would be highlighting and talking about. And even Jesus Revolution, you know, we get caught up in all the franchises, looking ahead to all these big names, you know, and franchises with numbers after them. Don't you like being caught by surprise sometimes? I mean, it's the best part. I mean, here's the thing is it's the movie industry and it happens three or four times a year where everybody goes, where did that come from? I was talking to an exhibitor friend of mine last week. He was completely caught off guard by Jesus Revolution to the point where he was almost wondering why he didn't have more runs of it. It was one of those things that if you weren't tapped into the faith, so to speak, audience, that it would be something that you know, would catch you off guard. So it's just interesting the way that they underestimate certain franchises or genres. They, it's the proverbial, who are they? I don't know, but you know, it's the- (laughs) They, they, you know. It was never really in the pre-release discussion, so to speak. And now here you're looking at it coming out of it with eyes bulging going, wow, that's a- Yeah, well, you know, it's- it's what they used to call a sleeper hit. <laughs> they still do. Well, I want I want to go back to the weekend for a second, Paul, because there was a milestone that was crossed this weekend. And do you know what that is? You should know that. I know of one. We crossed the billion dollar mark for the year. That's the milestone. <laughs> That's a big milestone. Mike did not softball throw that to me. I, I knew it off the top of my head, a, a box office brain 
trying to percolate on that. But yeah. I'm going to ask you a tougher question now. Oh, no. I don't know the answer to this. I should. At what point in 2022 did we end up passing the billion dollar mark? How long did it take us? Uh, well, you know what, Mike? I love going into the engine room at Comscore. <laughs> we can look that up. So keep talking, Mike, while I do this. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I was thinking about it over the weekend and I was like, we got to the billion dollar mark much quicker than we did last year. Each weekend has been better than last year when we look at it. Okay. So yesterday was the 26th. So I'm going to tell you where we were for the 1st of January of 22 through the 26th of February. So the same time frame. Yeah. Although we crossed a billion, I believe, on Friday. So actually- It was Friday. Yeah, it was Friday that we went over. Yeah. So I need to go back and look at, so that would be the 24th. So if I go through the 24th, which was a Thursday in 22. Okay. At that point, we were at 691 million. And this year, we hit a billion at that point. And then we didn't hit the billion mark in 22. And I guess it was sometime in March. It's going to be in March. I'm looking for that. I'm going through the through our system right now. I'm like, there's steam coming out of my computer. It's working <laughs> so hard. So it looks like around, not until March 10 or 11, I'm going to get the precise day here. So we're talking about, just for our listeners, January 1st, 2022 through March... Yep, it was through March 11 when we hit on a Friday, March 11, 2022. You're looking at two weeks better than last year at this point. And when you look at some of the movies that we have lined up between now and two weeks from now, you know, Creed looks like it's going to be a massive opening this weekend. And IMAX put out a note about Creed. So Monday night, lucky moviegoers will experience the Creed 3 premiere from Los Angeles live into 50 IMAX screens across North America. It says it's the first film for IMAX sports-themed movie. Creed 3 opens this week, meaning this week that we're in right now, on 725 IMAX screens in 72 markets globally. That's pretty cool. That's going to be a big number in the movie. It's going to be one that is going to significantly add to the advantage that 2023 has over 2022. And, you know, as you talk about some of the movies that are coming up, I know you mentioned John Wick, which we have coming up there. Dungeons and Dragons is coming up, uh, Super Mario Brothers. And one that we've got another sleeper that's hanging out there at the end of April. And that's, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret is coming up in the end of April. That movie is going to play so well to female audience, just like Crawdads has done, just like Ticket to Paradise has done in A Man Called Otto. Based on the bestseller, man. Yeah, you can expect this movie to take a very significant chunk of the early part of the summer. And, you know, for March to have Creed 3 and Shazam and John Wick 4... And Dungeons and Dragons? I mean, this is a big march, Mike. Look, again, it was, we didn't get our first $100 million opener until the Batman, the first week of March last year. And then it was all the way into the summer season before we really saw any traction. And then, of course, when Top Gun hit, things really took off. But see, Mike, I like this. Instead of like last year, where our ongoing story was not a product and not evenly distributed enough on the calendar it's going to be a lot of product pretty evenly distributed i mean there will be lulls and like you said the box office gods will do their thing but this is going to be a very different story 
for 2023. And as we get close to wrap up on this latest episode of Ticket to Ride with me, Paul Begarabedian, Senior Media Analyst for Comscore, and Mike Polydorus, President of Paper Airplane Media, we're just going to be coming at this all year long. And I think we're going to have a lot of great stories to tell. Well, we, we already have. And to your point, what we're seeing now is really the wealth being spread out and where last year we kind of rode the wave of Spider-Man into, we got lucky with Uncharted and Lost City, but now, you know, you're looking at every week, significant titles opening up and the reemergence of what I would call the mid-tier movie. We've had two of them already this year that have performed with Plane and now Cocaine Bear. So I think it's a really optimistic way, you know, as we get into the home stretch of the first quarter. And I want to, as we move forward every week on this podcast, I think we're, we may be increasing our full year box office projection. It's a little early yet, but, you know, $9 billion certainly seems doable since last year did $7.538 billion according to our Comscore data. And already we're doing much better this year than last, especially when you have something like this weekend with Cocaine Bear and Jesus Revolution that you add those two movies together and what they're going to earn lifetime, what it'll add to the bottom line this year. That's no small thing. Every dollar counts, Mike. You know, again, as we we discussed earlier in the program that was box office that you know in a way was found money this weekend because this wasn't something that initially was penciled in it's good for business it is so we'll be talking about the business week after week on ticket to ride mike thanks for being here i'll see you next week at the movies all right paul take care good one